0: This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast. It's Jenna and Tosh with you. Yes, we are here and uh, I have a, a a sensational version of the headline for this podcast for this episode. Oh boy, <laughs> fill me in. What is it? So if, if you were to write the the very clickbait sensational headline for today's topic, this is the How I celebrate Remembrance Day by decorating for Christmas and reading romance novels. What? (laughs) How's that? And reading reading romance novels. How do the romance novels come into
1: play? That's what I need to know.
0: There's the clickbait for me. What? (laughs) So so I think that it's actually a very valid... I'm not saying, you know, don't go to Remembrance Day service and stay home and read romance novels. Right, right, right. Yes. (laughs) But... That's what I've been doing this week, is reading romance novels. And there's a woman named Kim Mills, who is based out of Edmonton, and she's a military wife. Her husband's in the army, and she writes this fantastic website called She is Fierce, and she writes romance novels. And she writes them about people in the Canadian military. Not real people, like it's right, fiction. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... One of the most powerful things I think we have, like one of the most powerful ways of empathizing and understanding a situation is fiction. Right. Right. We watch movies, we read books to understand things that we're not experiencing ourselves. And she's writing these romance novels about being the partner of someone who's deploying to Afghanistan and about, you know, dealing with, you know, Bosnia and PTSD and all this stuff within these romance novels. So it's like, it's kind of like reading Outlander. Mm-hmm. Except it's way shorter, yeah, <laughs> because it takes about three hours total to read one of Kim's books. Wow. Okay. Um, the historical fiction is not as in depth as an Outlander, but it's still historical fiction, right? She's writing about what it was like for these people when they deployed to Afghanistan, in you know Bosnia, all, all these places, and all these things that are very much part of more recent Canadian military history, but writing it from a very understandable female perspective I mean her her books go back and forth from the point of view of you know male soldiers and their female partners okay but it's very much that like wow that's you know I never thought about this part of that life absolutely and it's just one of those like reading it I've been putting myself more and more in that mindset of you know what the military means to our country today and what it's like to be part of a military family and all those little bits that we don't get just at a Remembrance Day service, or that we don't get on a day-to-day basis when we see news reports about what's happening in the military. It's and there's very little of that out there. Like have you ever read a book nope. that was based on Canadian military? Oh my gosh. <laughs> a a no. fiction no. novel that actually draws you in. Like there there are a lot of, you know, texts out there and lots of nonfiction stuff, but there's very little fiction. And fiction is such a powerful way for us to understand someone else. And so to come across these, she has three books out. The, the latest one just came out this week, which is why I kind of kept popping up in my feed and finally I was like, okay, I'm going to check these out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's really fascinating. And they're easy to read. They're short. They're light. They're romance novels. There's there's some, she writes some pretty good scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not, you know, it's not every page. It's not one of those like, oh my goodness, just like, yeah. you know, it, it's, there are actual stories and actual parts of these people's lives that she's trying to bring to light. And, you know, I, have read her blog for years now, so I know it's very much her life. This is what she does day in, day out is, you know, raise three kids with a husband who's off to war. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because
1: if you're, from my aspect, uh, military in any side of my family is not very big, like beyond, uh, you know, leaving Ireland and coming to Canada when, when they left the Irish army, that's it. Right. So I have no military connection in my family at all. Um, So beyond Remembrance Day being the day that you celebrate it or remember it, I should say it's not celebrating it, but yeah. It's an
0: odd word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, That's about all we have in our life. So when Sarah was asking me the other day about Remembrance Day... It's hard for me to make a connection because we don't have the personal connection. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way to pull in a personal connection if you don't have one, if you can feel like you're jumping into somebody else's life, right? Exactly, Yeah. yeah.
0: And so I think especially for people our age, the books by Kim are so accessible because I remember what it was like when friends of mine were deploying to Afghanistan. And I remember what it was like when this was all over the news. And I have... You know, somewhat closer connections. You know, one of my really close cousins is, you know, still in the army. One of my best friends is a naval officer. You know, I've I've had connections with the military before, but reading her books is very much that more personal side of things, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, the story that's often undertold when we do talk about, you know, Remembrance Day, especially, still focuses more on World War Two and yes. you know battles of the past and and more and more i think we're starting to hopefully look at it in a broader picture but i think there's still a lot of people who forget that you know there are hundreds of people right now deployed canadian military personnel that are deployed and that are away from their families because they're in training or they're you know there's so much that goes on day to day that the world war ii world war one stuff becomes more and more distant memory for us there's still a lot that we can focus on and look at and learn about and remember. And one of the things that, you know, has always been really great for me to talk to the kids about it is finding a couple really good books again, mm-hmm. right? Books that were not romance novels, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you might not want to read these to your kids. Um, but, you know, there's a couple of really good kids books about Remembrance Day. And there's one called uh, Proud as a Peacock, Brave as a Lion. And that one, I read it at the library and loved it so much, I picked up a copy. So we now have it at home. And so every year we bring it out. And that one is more about, it's about this young boy watching his grandfather get ready to go to a service. Okay. And talking about how he's as proud as a peacock mm-hmm. when he puts on his uniform and how he must have been brave as a lion. And and it's very relatable to kids, but it's also very evocative and it's, it very much just shows, you know... Some of those traits and some of those things that you want to talk about on a more serious level, but in a way that they get. And that book in particular, when I read it, it's just like, yeah, being there watching my grandfather at Remembrance Day services and right. going to the Legion and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. all that. But, you know, especially, you know, this day and age here in Moncton, there's not a whole lot of connection to the military for a lot of people who live here. That's right? right. There, there's not the same kind of, you know, even years ago, there was much more of a strong military presence here in Moncton and that's you know that's gone by the wayside now and there's there are very few and far between people that have those close connections so it it really does make it that much more important I think for parents like us to find those books or to find those things that we can make those connections for our kids so that it's not just a memory for them or something that, you know, they, they can't put that face to, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't just turn into being a day off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just about old people. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I think that's the other thing, you know, a lot of a lot of times because there was such a focus on, you know, World War Two veterans and, and also it's a reflection of who has time to come into the schools and, you know, there are people that are off doing their jobs. Yes. But it's, you know, the retired veterans who can come into the schools and, but then it becomes that... Association of oh, this is something for old people, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's something that that's current for everyone.
1: Absolutely, and it's something that that shouldn't be forgotten. And growing up in Ontario, where it's not mm. a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that, but it feels like it now that I live out here. When I first moved here, my I moved here uh, at the end of September. So then, come November, there's a day off, and I was like, for, for like I understand that it's Remembrance Day. I get that, but you guys have a day off for that, which and
0: and so we should. Mm. And
1: it should be that way in every province. But that's the
0: Ontario mentality, right? Of go, go, go. Yeah, We well, can't and take a was moment the same to thing. stop. <clears throat> yeah. When I moved to Ontario years ago and I was like, what do you mean you yeah. go to work on Remembrance Day? Like, no, you're supposed to go to a service. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I've, more and more I'm kind of like on the fence about that whole whether it should be a day off or not. Mm-hmm. Because I think... I think there are those people that see it just as a day off oh, and absolutely. they don't do anything about it I think so I think in some cases it can be more powerful for it to be you know a remembrance day and a day that we honor something but you still are in school or at work as long as then the onus is on your work and your school to actually use that day to focus on it right, right
1: exactly In some way yeah and to, to actually do the 11 o'clock
0: Yes, the, you know. the and I think, you know, if, especially for kids who aren't necessarily going to have parents that are going to take them out to a service, mm-hmm. I think it's more powerful for them to be in a classroom where that's recognized. And now, our schools are fantastic about doing it, yeah. you know, on days leading up to Remembrance Day. They don't not do a service because we have the day off. Right. But I think there's a lot of power in being in a group setting, I think, on a... G- occasion like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. You can, you can see the intensity of mm-hmm. it. If that's the right word, you can see the intensity of it for other people where it does mean more to them than it does to say my children that don't have the connection to it. Mm-hmm. Sarah, uh, this year is in, uh, like girl guide. She's joined the girl guides troop and, uh, they do something on remembrance day. And I thought that's fantastic. This is absolutely great because in other words, I mean, I would, I have never taken them yet to a service. I've always wanted to, but they're little. And I almost like, you know, the somberness of it. Like, you worry about
0: how they're yeah. going to react. There's a, there was a really great article a couple of years ago, a woman named Jen <clears throat> Panarski. I think I'm saying her last name right. Sorry if I'm not. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> but Jen uh, wrote an article for Today's Parent a couple years ago when her kids were little. I think they were like four and six maybe when she wrote it. And it, it was her struggling with that idea of, you know, do I take my kids who might be fidgety and loud and seem disrespectful to the service, or is it more disrespectful if I don't take them? Right. Right? It's yeah. that. And it's one of those, I think the default should be to take them. But we're also worried about that, like, you know, that one person in the crowd who might give us the side eye because our kids are making noise when they're supposed to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so hard because I'm in the same boat. We have not taken our kids out to one of the services. We, we read books, we talk about it. We, you know, we're quiet during that moment. Mm And we've been very lucky that they've always had something at preschool and they've had visits with a veteran who sat there and talked with them and so we talk a lot about it. Yeah. But I've been in that same I I can't quite cross that bridge of being like, No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna brave whatever mischief they might get into by taking them to a service. So it's I it would be very nice for them to, you know, be in a group that was going to keep them in line. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's it. And, and they said, like, you can just drop
1: your child off if you'd like so that they pay attention to what's going on as opposed to the, you know, the opposite. So it might be something that, that uh, I do, but I feel like at least I should stick around. Maybe Erin stays home with Jay or whatever, right? And and at least I stick around. So we'll see. I'm in, I'm interested and excited for her at the same time because she she's excited about it. And she's excited about the whole thing Like making poppies at school Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll have A group come in and talk to them this week About it, so it's Um, oddly enough an exciting time For a child as well, especially when they get To be a part of it
0: Mm -hmm. I think it was really great a couple years ago Was it two years ago now when they did the big display At the Coliseum They did a big Mm -hmm. display at the Moncton Coliseum And I think they had it open on Remembrance Day They certainly had it open in advance of Remembrance Day, um And, you know, they had, you know, army personnel there showing, you know, their gear and in their uniforms. And they had tanks and they had uh, planes and they had there were dramatic performances and there were all kinds of memorabilia. And there was a lot of stuff. And that we took the kids to. And Mm -hmm. that was very important for me to do because it made it that safer environment. For the kids to be able to kind of run a little bit through the colosseum and mm-hmm. not feel like okay, they need to stand here quietly at attention and and that and it also it made it that much more tactile and real for them to be able to look at you know there's there was a mannequin in a World War One outfit I think it was and you know to talk about the that kind of evolution of these different wars and different things but then to go from seeing that historical piece to seeing Actual soldiers in their uniforms, there talking about what they do today, and I would love to see something like that happening, you know, annually. Yeah, absolutely. So that it's it, it is accessible to everyone, and you know, those kind of things are they're for the whole community. They're not just for kids, but it makes it that much easier to bring your kids to something like that. I find.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a great way to to and a different way to show your respect. And and not have to fear to be
0: mom-shamed over having the loud kid. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't understand the moment of silence and the, you know, and and it's one thing, too. I think you can, uh, you know, if you've got an infant or, you know, a really small child, then please, you know, don't hesitate. Go. Mm -hmm. You know, a a baby's cry is much different than, you know, a six-year-old who's running around yelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and yeah, if you, if you can split up and, you, you know, you can take one child per adult and maybe, you know, go to different services or something, that might be the way that... It's true. See, we're outnumbered. It just never works. Yeah, no, it never works. never works that <laughs> way for works, you. So, no. <laughs> but, but like I said, we, we make the point still of doing something and, you know, we might not show up at the organized events yet. But we still make a point of doing something Mm -hmm. that day at that time, because I think that's the important part. And I, you know, I, I was talking about Kim and what she writes on her blog. She's written this fantastic post that she now just shares each year when Remembrance Day comes around about this idea of, you know, we're a military family. We don't care when you decorate for Christmas. Right. We care whether or not you do something about Remembrance Day. Yes. And I think a lot of people are falling into the trap these days of just, you know, being no music before November 11th. No lights before November 11th. Everything, you know, starts on November 12th. Like, No, I, I don't think that has to be the case. I think what matters is what you do on November 11th. It doesn't matter if your lights are up or if your tree is up or you're, you've got Christmas carols playing. Mm-hmm. It matters what you do to honor Remembrance Day. And I think you can honor Remembrance Day and still decorate for the holidays if that's what you want to do. Personally... I think all you people here in New Brunswick are crazy. <laughs> and you all decorate way too early anyway. <laughs> because in my world, you waited till after Christmas Daddy's. And you didn't decorate till December anyway. <laughs> and then I moved here. And Santa Claus Parade is in November. And everything starts in November. And Turner's is in November. Yep. And it's like, whoa, Christmas starts two weeks earlier than I expected to in New Brunswick. And it still kind of throws me off guard.
1: I am I am I'm on the board with the... Santa Claus Parade in Turner's, that's like my kickoff. In our house, we have a a December 1st rule that nothing goes up until December 1st. Um, I don't know why, because I would be decorated now. If I like, I'm I'm a Christmas baby. My my full name means child of Christmas. All right. (laughs) So uh, I think um, I would be decorated now. We've been listening to music for three weeks, but as a radio voice... And a voice of reason. Uh, <laughs> that's not true at all. Um, but because we're ingrained to not have an opinion, mm. when I talk about holiday stuff on air, I talk about it not starting until after the 11th.
0: Do mm. I follow that? No, I don't. But... Well, and and it's one of those things. I think it's become this kind of touchstone. And more and more, I'm seeing veterans and military families speaking out and saying, mm-hmm. you know, it... It really doesn't matter to us whether or not you decorate and when you do. What matters is that you're taking that time on November 11th to honor, you know, those who have died in service and those who are still serving. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, now I, I completely agree that, you know, yeah we don't need to be all out Christmas carols and decorations and right. everything before Remembrance Day. But if that's something you want to do, I don't think you should be hounded about it either. I think it's it's really much more about what you're doing about Remembrance Day. And I think that that's where, you know, this whole backlash came from of you can't decorate before November 12th. It was like, well, no, it's not decorating that's keeping people away from the services. No, right? not like, at that's all. That's the issue is, you know, the people who are not showing up like me. <laughs> and me. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, But I know that I'm still doing something about it. That's the problem is making sure that we're still honoring remembrance day, not that we're dishonoring it by happening to put up some decorations early. I think, I think you can do both.
1: I think fact of the matter is, is that, um, it's nicer and easier to put up your Christmas tree lights Prior to November (laughs) 11th.
0: So maybe you don't need to turn them on. It's nice and warm this week, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't turn them on, but you can at least put them up. Mm -hmm. But there's probably one neighbor that's going, Look at Jim putting up his Christmas lights. Can you believe he's disrespecting this
0: veteran? Mm -hmm. And you you have no idea how he respects veterans and what he does to honor the memory and what that means to him. And you know what? There are some people who probably have really valid reasons why they don't. Sure. Do something big on Remembrance Day as well. And I think I think we have to just be more mindful of that, not going from one extreme to the other, right? The, we just need to be more respectful of each other. And yeah, instead of shaming someone about whether or not they're decorating too early, why not just ask them, what are they doing on Remembrance Day? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not that hard to strike up that conversation. No, You know what?
0: Yeah, they might have their tree up, but they might also be the person that's going to go spend hours in the rain Mm -hmm. standing at attention. You don't know unless you ask. And so just, you know, making it into this debate and argument of one versus the other, I think is the complete opposite of what we should be doing. I think we should all be pulling our energy and focusing our energy on remembering and honoring Remembrance Day and what it's all about. And, yeah, if you want to do that by reading romance novels, then go ahead.
1: (laughs) It's funny because at first I thought you were going to say that you were catching up on Outlander because it it (laughs) just came out this week. It's coming
0: out on TV again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I was like, okay, sure, if that's where she's going with this. Because, I mean, there's some army stuff in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a a little bit more historical, (laughs) I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure that we're honoring, yeah, soldiers from the 1700s anymore but no
1: no probably not though most of them probably do live here with their families (laughs) here now
0: (laughs) or at some point they came well it it is how a lot of us ended up here i think really like i know it was it was very much for my family and i don't even usually think of it in this respect but you know yeah the mcneils very much ended up in cape Breton, settling there because a soldier who was a McNeil was over here during the 1700s and got to see the area, and that's how he was like, "Oh, and now I have this, you know, military allotment of land in this yeah. new world. So let's all go on over and like pretty much the whole island seemed to show up, and, yeah. you know, build some houses, and Good here well, we are. It wasn't that but, far of a trek, you know, like yeah. it's... but it, but it really kind of is like that's that's
1: military history too. But oh yeah, hundred percent. We used to live um, on on Hillsborough Road. Before you get to the sewage treatment plant. And the guy beside us, his family had been on that property for years and years and years because it was a military plotted piece of land. So they owned where he was to the high water mark, which obviously over the years on the Petty has changed quite significantly. (laughs) Uh, I believe it was actually still a major waterway when they got that property. Now they own a heck of a lot more land. Uh, But yeah, back then, Point Mm -hmm. Park full of military people yeah. Um, over by the hospital, mm-hmm. all military houses. Mm-hmm. And that's just all, it's all seemed to have gone, right?
0: Yeah, Didn't now that the, now the few military families that are here are scattered. And, you know, we, we heard from a, a listener and a reader uh, after our podcast with Lynn about, you know, having a partner who works away and talking about being a military family mm-hmm. based here in New Brunswick. Now, if you're not, you know, in the Gagetown or Mokto area then yeah, you don't have all those family resources and those other military families around you. And I can't imagine how much more isolating and difficult that is in this day and age where, <clears throat> you know, at least if you're in, you know, if you're living on base or near a base, there are a lot of resources that they try to make available. And, and I know there's still issues with that as well for people. But when you're outside of those communities, it's that much harder to have people who understand what you're going through and, yeah, it's uh I think it's very different than the community was here even 10 15 years ago.
1: Oh yeah, I'm just thinking a, a really good friend of mine, she's she'd be 40 this year.
0: <laughs> if you're not, I'm sorry.
1: Uh anyway, but same thing they like she was born in PEI and they moved around base to base to base to base mm-hmm. and that's how they ended up in Point Park um because her dad mm-hmm. worked at the base that was at Monty. Point Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh for a long time and and that's only been Probably twenty years that she's been in Moncton, so it's not a Riverview, I should say, but it's not been that long. But I can like the stories that she told me growing up on bases. You know, I, the phrase "It takes a village." Hmm. That's their village, right? And you're right for these people that you know are one ofs not living on the base, but living elsewhere, and your husband's away or your wife is away or what have you. If you don't have your village around you, it makes life a heck of a lot harder for sure. So you mm-hmm. should pick up some romance novels. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs>
0: You, I I read mine on my phone. It's very easy. It's, it comes around with me, yeah. <laughs> and it does, and it tells you even when you're on the uh, the Kindle app, you know how long the book is expected to take. Are you serious? Read. It does, and down the corner, it's like you know three hours and fifteen minutes remaining in this book or something. I don't even know that any of them were that long. Actually, that's really <laughs> but neat. They're though. around like the three hour, yeah. hour mark for it's reading. Like, look at you, you're speed reading. Yeah. This is only going to take you two more hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but they they're they're very. Uh, They were very interesting to read those books for me to kind of put myself, because I, you know, I have friends who are serving now in the military, Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I see their, and it is mostly men that I know that are still serving. I knew some women who were, but now it's mostly men who are serving, and I see, you know, their wives when they're deployed, or I see their posts when they're deployed, and so I have that, you know, just kind of that outside sense Mm -hmm. of what it's like to be, you know waiting for those staticky sat phone calls and, you know, not knowing, you know, yeah, what holidays people are going to make it home for or that kind of thing. And, and what's happening when that person is away and just having that kind of even being on the edge of it like that made reading these books so much more powerful to me. And yeah, it's not the romance scenes, which are fun, but yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, I, it, it's well done. Um But <laughs> The rest I'm going to have like, to pick one out. You, like, you have yeah, to You yeah. have to there, I, But it's very It's very accessible writing It's very It's very present It's very But it's also very Serious You know It's it's in that You know Genre of romance so You think it's going to be Maybe kind of light But it's not And so it's Very Very eye-opening To think about Things in a different way I want to Yeah
1: Well let's tell everybody again Who they Who yeah, the so books So Kim Mills Is Tim the Mills. author's
0: name She has three books out And they're they're considered a series, but they're also standalone. So okay. like, the characters cross over, but you don't have to read one book to follow the next one. They're so, not which one has the order. best scenes? Uh, <laughs> well, so the first one she put out was called uh, All the Way Home. And I quite like that one because it was more about kind of building up the relationship between the characters. Right. There, so, so, if you're looking for the steamy scenes, mm-hmm. not as many in that book. Okay. Uh, The Fight for Home. There we go. (laughs) The Fight for Home. Sorry, Cam, if you're listening. Uh, The Fight for Home. uh, I haven't finished yet, but it has more steamy scenes. Okay. Uh, Okay. It also gets deeper in a different way than the first one. The first one is more about that, you know, finding your way in military life and, you know, dealing with first deployments and and that kind of thing. Um, And then the third one's called Run from Home. Uh, And I I haven't read that one yet. That one's new out this week. Um, I have a feeling that's going to be a little bit. More dealing with some of those deeper issues, and some of those kind of more PTSD things. Maybe okay. that's yep. my guess. I, I have. I don't like spoilers, so I don't read a lot about the book before I started. It. Yes,
1: That's could <laughs> so good... be
0: completely wrong. But if you're looking, if you're looking for the really steamy scenes, start with the second book that Kim wrote. Okay. And, and if you're looking for you know more of easing into it, start with the first one, or you could start with the third one because it's probably you know usually authors. They hone their craft, right? So I'm guessing mm-hmm. the third one's going to be really good. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm, I'm already s- noticing differences between the first and second books, reading them. So, so okay. I'm, I'll be very curious. We'll have to like you know do a book recap club down there. Yeah, <laughs> we, there we go. We can do book club, <laughs> podcast book club. Yeah, wow. why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's talk about these steamy scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> If you want steamy scenes, pick up the Outlander books. That's that's my yes. suggestion. But
0: I, very much the way Kim writes her steamy scenes reminds me a lot of the Outlander ones. Like they're Ooh, not good. They're yeah. yeah, they're they're, they're not, not over the top. Yeah. They're not dirty. They're just like that. Like oh yeah, I can imagine. Yes. The rest of what's going on here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah that's, yeah. that's the kind of.
1: It's not like Fifty Shades.
0: No. Thank you. No, I couldn't. Well, I cannot read those. Oh,
1: they're so gross. Well, and they yeah. were
0: just the writing was so bad. The writing was horrible,
1: the I, whole things. I didn't even yeah. I, I didn't watch the movies. I don't know if you even I haven't watched the movies no. either. No, no. No. I'm not going to pay to go basically watch a porn in the theater <laughs> with people. How weird is that? Yeah, yeah you watch that at
0: home on yeah. Netflix. Come on.
1: <laughs> I can't even do, like, Thunder from Down Under coming back to town, oh, yeah. and last year I went to introduce them, and I couldn't even stay, because I was so embarrassed. Like, I was like, I, it's like, they took me backstage before they started to get, like, a group photo, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm blushing so bad right now. <laughs> I love it. There's like G strings (laughs) on the floor everywhere. Oh, I still can. I'm still blushing now. You're thinking about it. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Anyway, that took a weird turn.
0: (laughs) Why don't we just throw in some Christmas music and call this done?
1: (laughs) Jingle bell rock, anybody? Oh, holy night? Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) See you next
0: week.